Chapter 6 Wine Bottles She was an economical drunk, my well-bred mother. Gallon jugs of cheap red wine graced all her cupboards and closets. There was one under the kitchen sink with the tile and oven and floor and window cleaners. There was one in the front hall closet with the giant sacks of dog and cat food and nuclear holocaust emergency kit. There was one mystery jug in her bedroom closet. I spoke only once to her about all the wine jugs. She immediately had a story to explain the presence of the bedroom mystery bottle so many years after, when finally I had the courage to confront her about it. My mother explained to me that the bedroom bottle was secreted there in her closet so that she didn't have to disturb guests in the middle of the night by going out to the kitchen for a nightcap. Her response did not ring true. Nightcaps were so much more glamorous and sophisticated. They were highballs and expensive cognacs served in crystal goblets taken by thirties and forties satin-robed movie star couples before retiring to twin beds. Not cheap red gallo wine decanted from heavy glass gallon jugs into sixties freebie juice glasses from spreadable cheese manufacturers and drunk solitarily and secretly in the middle of the night. And besides, we never had any guests. My mother's wine drinking was tacky. It did not become the woman I perceived her to be with my youthful eyes and mind. My mother was too intelligent, too well-educated, too well-mannered, to partake in tawdry, seedy, wino behavior. Yet that is what she partook in every night when the sun went down. It was incongruous to me, long before I knew what incongruous meant. I struggled always to juxtapose my sophisticated day mother with the nighttime, cheap, drunk. When Sissy and I were older, eleven and twelve, we began to take care of our mother. Whenever she left the house to buy groceries, we diluted all of her half-empty wine jugs with water. It became routine for us. Did you see she's got one in the garage now? Yeah, it was pretty full, so I poured some of it into the stationary tub before I put the water in it yesterday. Then I had to use Comet to get the red stains out of the tub. Did you get the hall closet one? Yesterday afternoon, while she watched your piano lesson. Did it do any good, this wine diluting? She probably just drank more wine. But Sissy and I felt better doing it. We convinced ourselves that we were slowing her rate of intoxication. 
We imagined that if we could just have five extra minutes of a sober mother per evening, that was something. We didn't ask for a lot, Sissy and I. We took the hand of family cards we'd been dealt for the most part and only tried to make minor modifications. That was all our youthful minds knew to do. Some children go to sleep and dream of sugar plum fairies. Some children go to sleep listening to beloved sounds of grown-ups talking and singing in the background, to the sounds of older siblings gossiping and giggling on the phone with friends, to the sound of music from the radio playing softly in the living room distance. Those go-to-sleep sounds died for Sissy and me before reaching double-digit ages. Once the wine and drug family era took full hold, Sissy and I went to sleep every night, dreading the clinking sound of our mother's drained juice glass as she tapped it on the kitchen faucet, rinsing it out after each of her nighttime wine runs. I kept track of my mother's wine consumption, counting the faucet clinks, till I dozed off each night. And with each clink, my little nightgown body felt sadder and heavier and smaller in its bed. <laughs>